Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. Competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take over? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. Take a stand and say they're not good. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Oh, the ice cream bar is this way. There it is. And we're here again. Drinking some amber. Bell's Brewery. I mean, go fuck yourself. They're not paying us or anything, but it's 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 okay beer. It's easy to find. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today we are reviewing Season 3, Episode 2, Dead Man's Party. That is correct. Yeah. I feel like I had something else to say, but I don't. (laughs) I'm wearing my Christmas socks, and them's my business socks. It's business time. (laughs) Your cat looks a lot like the cat from this episode, and I'm a little bit scared. I was worried about that as well. Yeah, well, you should be. They just did a he, remake of Pet Cemetery. He could be a zombie. He has the stare for it. I guarantee. Well, let's let's go ahead and get on into this. How about a mom synopsis? Joshua, you like zombies, don't you? <laughs> I suppose I do. Not sure where you're going with this, mom. Well, it would appear that they're all fighting zombies. When did this become a zombie show? I mean, it's it's kind of an everything weird and supernatural. I like supernatural. Yes, I know you have a crush on Dean. Don't you bring Dean into this. I will marry Dean. I'm fine with that. I wouldn't mind having Dean as a stepdad. <laughs> so what does Dean do in this episode? This isn't supernatural, Mom. Well, what is it? For the love of God, just tell me what's going on. Well, in this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer... Buffy's settling back in because she's come back from running away because, you know, she kind of had to kill her boyfriend and everybody's a bit aloof. And Joyce is all excited about this mask from her art exhibit that she brought home. And spoilers, it's evil. It brings everything back from the dead. And at a party that they're having for Buffy that's supposed to be a welcoming back party but turns into a verbal and emotional gang rape against Buffy. Just in the nick of time, saved by the horde of zombies. And then they kill that horde of zombies uh, by taking out the key zombie leader. And I couldn't be more pleased as Punch about who ended up being the zombie leader. (laughs) That's good phrasing for that. And then Everything was fine, (laughs) and nobody felt bad about anything ever again. The end. Yeah, but where does Dean come in? (sighs) Dean comes in everywhere. (laughs) It's what he does. It's just what he does, damn it. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad this is not a supernatural podcast. Oh, God. That would... (laughs) We'd never... We'd never have time to do anything ever again. Yeah, it's, it's such it's that would twice, be the, that would be the rest of our life. It's twice as long. <laughs> like you guys. <laughs> We're in supernatural purgatory. Like don't get me wrong, I love Buffy. 
I don't want to be doing this for the next 10 years. <laughs> well, with Tacking Angel on, it's we're almost we're still not doing as many seasons as there are of Supernatural. Like at most we'll be doing this for 4 years. Cool. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures, as soon as the sun goes down, down, down. Cold open. Yeah. The episode starts less than hours from when the previous episode ended. Yeah? Yeah, because she's unpacking from when she just got home, and then oh, in yeah. a couple scenes from now, she's like, I've only been home for a couple hours. Yeah, you're right, and she hasn't even told anybody else that she's back yet at the beginning of this episode. So yeah, she's unpacking, kind of mopey, but the... I the- said forlorn. Yeah, forlorn forlorn's a good word for it. And aloof, like I said in the mom synopsis. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Joyce is hanging a mask when Buffy walks into her room and startles her. Mm-hmm. And she pounds a hole in the in the wall. Which is funny because only moments later she hangs up the mask on the nail that's apparently at just the right place that she needs it, why did she take that extra swing that put the hole in the wall if the nail was fine? I don't know. Mm, Man, you guys are really fucking up your continuity here. I'm writing angry letters all day about that tomorrow. (laughs) Just that one spot. This mask, I kind of want it. It's a badass looking mask. It's, It's a neat mask. I... I, I don't want it. You can fucking have it, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll never fucking come over well, and again. The, the reason you, you don't want it is, Joyce even says, you know, I thought I'd hang this to cheer the room up. And Buffy's response is, it's angry at the room, Mom. It <laughs> wants the room to suffer. Yes. <laughs> well, and it does. She's not wrong. No. Uh, so I moved into an apartment with my girlfriend one time, and... She put up the creepiest clown picture <laughs> in the main entrance way, and I nearly burned it. I mean, I ended up moving out very shortly after anyway, but whatever. Oh my god. I was very upset about this. I had a friend come over. This was like in sixth fucking grade, and he, he was afraid of clowns, and he was really freaked out by what he called the creepy clown picture in my house. Hmm. But the creepy clown picture was my grandpa. <laughs> because my grandpa was a clown. Oh, God. <laughs> he was Why very... was your grandpa a clown, Rex? Well, because... Oh, you... well, I mean, look at you. Just look at you. This was back in the day when clowns were not evil. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But no, he he volunteered as a clown and like went to the... the uh, children's hospital and shit. Wow, and you're really going through with this. You're trying to convince us that clowns were ever not evil. That's impressive. I happen to like clowns. You're an impressive man, Rex. That's the only word I have for you. My grandpa was a clown. I have a, a yeah. warm spot in my heart for clowns. And that's impressive. Like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't think it could get any more impressive. And here we are. He was a very good clown. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I mean, I I won't. I'm only saying that so that we can move on because very good and clown do not belong in the same sentence. Yeah, ev- everything between Joyce and Buffy are s- is just super fucking awkward. Well, 
I, okay, so props to Joyce, and this these are the only props Joyce gets this whole episode. So I might as well <laughs> yep. might as well get it out of the way. This is the first time ever in the series, really, that I get the impression that Joyce is going out of her way to make Buffy not feel like a burden. Yeah, and then it just kind of goes off into the ether. Not, not really. It it's a downhill slope. <laughs> but it's not a super steep downhill slope because she's trying for most of the episode. It's just this is the this is the one time in the episode where it doesn't feel like she's desperately trying. Hmm. This feels like she genuinely wants Buffy around. Yeah. The, the later it like it slowly starts to feel like she's really putting effort into wanting Buffy around. But it's it's a gradual increase through you mean the episode. Later in the series or later in the episode? Later in the episode. Okay. But yeah, Buffy is gonna go out patrolling. Joyce is cool with it. She even asks, Will you be slaying? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just weird. Right. Then we cut to the city outside at night, random alleyway, industrial complex area. Oh, yeah. So Buffy's off looking for Willow and Xander. Anyway, she finds all of them. Yeah. In the best way possible. Yeah. I thought she was just sneaking up on some random dude. Did she know it was Xander? I don't think she did. Okay. But she steps on a can and he whips around and he looks like a priest out of a really bad horror film from the 50s or the, like the 30s or 40s. An old horror film. The cross he has looks like it's a plastic cross. It's so stupid looking. <laughs> And his popped collar on that coat. (laughs) Where do you even get a collar that huge? No one wears their coat with a popped collar. (laughs) No one. It was the 90s. You could get away with anything. (laughs) That's that's how that works, right? It almost seems like they're going to have a warm, touching moment. We hear Xander's walkie-talkie with Willow on the other end of the line calling him Nighthawk. Yeah. (laughs) And then... Just when we think we're getting this moment of a vampire busts through a boarded up window. Vampire ruins the moment. The rest of the Scoobies come running to Xander's aid and slowly one by one, they all each notice that uh, Buffy is there fighting alongside of them. And eventually they all end up on the ground except for Buffy and Buffy dusts the vampire. Well, they definitely did a decent job in this fight of making it like look like as soon as the Scoobies were out of the way, Buffy handled the situation. Oh, yeah. If the Scoobies had just not been there, the vamp would have been dead quick. Yeah, it was very clunky up until they were all in a pile. I, it, it just felt like bad choreography to me. Yeah, a little bit. But I think that's what they were going for because these are, you know, they're the Scooby gang. I mean, they don't know how to fight vampires, really. It worked. I mean, I wonder if they kind of had a rhythm down and they would have been all right had Buffy not been there, but they just weren't meshing. That's possible. Anyway, so Buffy's like, hey, guys. And they all just kind of lay on the ground and stare at her. And they're all decked out for war in the funniest way possible. They're dressed and equipped like kids who think they understand what war means. Right, like kids playing spy or something. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Anyway, opening sequence. Opening credits. And then we go to out front of Giles' house. And Buffy is very nervous about bothering Giles. As she kind of should be. 
Well, and Xander doesn't fucking make it any better. Oh, God, no. He kind of has a bit of a habit of that this episode. He's a snarky asshole most of the episode. Yup. I mean, he's evolving from out of nice guy Xander into just plain douchebag Xander. Like, so he's not creeping on her anymore, per se. No, no, definitely not. But they had to find another way to make him a douchebag, and now he just kind of... You know, takes her weak spots and just rams his finger in there and twists it around just seemingly for fun. Like, I don't understand what he thinks anybody is going to gain from anything that he's saying. No, I completely agree. He's a bad friend. He really is. That's really all there is to it. Because he's like, oh, no, I don't see why Giles would be mad at you. I mean, you only ran off and made everybody worried sick about you for uh, several months or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, his mood does make some certain amount of sense, but I don't know if I was in his position, I would think what made my friend run off? Yeah, exactly. It's like, what the fuck is what's wrong? Also, she just saved the world. I she deserves a little bit of a meltdown and several extra helpings of understanding about it. Definitely. Giles opens the door and he has a, a good long stunned moment Mm -hmm. and then he just takes her back in stride absolutely which i completely expected and then he invites them in for tea i never (laughs) expected him to be mad about it at all oh no definitely not that that was just some xander bullshit i enjoyed the part where giles is like well because buffy mentions that she went home to see her mom first he says how did you find her (laughs) well i i pretty much remembered the address (laughs) but because he's British. like They really go out of their way this episode to be like, because he's British. See? Get yeah, it? Right. Exactly. Nah, nah. But uh, that is apparently a Britishism for, as he clarifies, I mean, uh, how are things between you? And they don't even really discuss that. Yeah, not really. We have an interesting moment where Giles is in the kitchen getting the tea ready. They specifically concocted some nice little music to go along with this. Yeah. To give us this sensation of Giles having an amount of relief that is equatable to taking a 12-pound dump. (laughs) (laughs) And following it up with a 10-hour straight sleep. (laughs) Way to be graphic. (laughs) You're welcome. But yeah, they, they... I mean, I didn't describe the texture of it. Come on. No, but they do a great job of presenting his relief in a very subtle manner here. Yeah. It's all in his expression and the the moments when the Scooby gang is not looking at him. The look on his face. Major props to Anthony Stewart had in Absolutely. this scene. No, obviously Joss just was like... All right, now I'm going to put this camera right up in your face, and you are going to act your shit out. Do it. You're going to act, you British beautiful bastard. When, when did Joss Whedon become British? Um, that, that, that was more Australian. That was my, that was my best crocodile hunter turned, uh, turned director impression. I see you've played Knifey Spoonie before. That's, be- that's better. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you had some wings. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk.
Anyway, so Giles heads back out with some tea. There's a, a fun line here between Oz and Buffy. Oz is like, so you're not wanted for murder anymore. And she goes, yeah, that was such a drag. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad they cleared up that little point. I mean, she never should have been wanted by the police in the first place, right. but whatever. But yeah, Giles is obviously extremely re- relieved and even backs Buffy up and tells Xander and the rest of them to back off her. Like, let her be. Stop barrage. Stop the barrage of questions and shit. Well, I don't see any harm in them trying to be like, hey, where were you? What were you doing? Let's catch up. I don't know. But, you know, obviously the theme of the episode is don't bury your emotions. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Then the Scoobies start discussing them slaying vampires and, you know, haha, funny, funny. Yeah, that all felt like filler to me. All I yep. really took away from the rest of the scene was this is where we start to notice that they're all being a bit standoffish. We notice that they're not really being very forthcoming about how upset they are with Buffy. Like, yeah, they're happy she's back, but... Yeah, there's a, a huge lack of communication going on in this circle of friends. Very much so. So Giles, just to transition the scene, tells Buffy that she needs to go talk to Snyder in order to get back into school. So we cut to Snyder's office. You know, he says, absolutely not. Joyce says, you don't have the right to keep her out of school. And he says... I have not only the right, but also a nearly physical sensation of pleasure at the thought of keeping her out of school. I'd describe myself as tingly. Well, that's because Odo's been practicing his carbonated beverage impression. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm feeling tingly, Odo. That's right, you are. Does he, does he, like, make the bubble noises himself? Like that? He's not making noises. He's inside of of Quark, you see. That's not what bubbles sound like. Fuck you. I don't know what I don't know what bubbles sound like. I don't know how to do sound effects. I'm not I don't know how to do sound effects either. <laughs> We're winging this. So if you can do a bubble sound effect, give us a call. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, I'm starting at this time, asshole. Do you know the number? I'm not saying the number I, for you. I don't. Well, then I guess they're not going to be able to call us. Ha! I bet you can't resist giving that number out. I'm going to learn your personal phone number, and I'm going to start giving that out. I would slap (laughs) you and you know it. (laughs) I can't wait. So, moving along. But yeah, Snyder is a huge ass about this whole ordeal with Buffy. And Joyce, honestly, is trying to do her best to stick up for Buffy. And even, I love the little bit of foreshadowing here. She even says that uh, she's going to go all the way to the mayor if she has to. Right? Everybody's so obsessed with the mayor all of a sudden. Like, Snyder keeps talking about the mayor. And from the perspective of somebody who doesn't know that the mayor is going to end up being the big bad, I would kind of be like, seems like the mayor is really just kind of a figurehead. I don't know what you think the mayor is going to do for you about this, but okay. One of the things I'm very happy about with season three, and most of this is based on my recollection of how it goes, but they actually do take a while to bring the mayor into it legitimately. They do a great deal of foreshadowing for his presence Mm -hmm. and his influence well before we actually get to meet him. Every season before this, uh, we met the big bad Mm. pretty much out of the gate. 
And they're actually like building a more subtle story here. And yeah. I very much appreciate that. Well, and they can absolutely afford that luxury at this point. You know, right. it's part of, you know, now they've got all of the introduction of characters and we're 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 on a roll. We're really on a roll at this point. Yeah, definitely. And that's when shit starts to really get interesting. So So cut to scene of Joyce dropping Buffy off at where she's gonna meet Willow. And they're discussing Buffy's options of school. And she Joyce is like, oh, we could always try private school. And Buffy does not like the idea of private school. She does not like the idea <laughs> of jackets or kilts. I don't know what she has against kilts. I love kilts. Don't talk shit about kilts. That's how you get kilt. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, she actually mentions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the Scottish hate us, too. Don't. <laughs> a great deal of our fans are in the UK, my friend. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's still just the Irish, though. We've already done gone piss them off. <laughs> Nothing we can do about that. We could profusely apologize. I won't be doing that. <laughs> That's just silly. That's silly talk. Get the fuck out. I know. Alrighty. I like... Buffy makes a, a joke here about um, getting, f what was it, field soccer knees? What did she describe them as? Yeah, she, uh, field something knees. I, I didn't, I don't know. I don't know what she was talking about. Here's the, this is what she's talking about. She's talking about how the, the common skirt uniform causes a girl to have tanned knees because they have taller socks and a long skirt so they only have tanned knees so they have tan lines on their legs oh that's funny it's a funny little like deeper level joke i guess this one time at band camp oh god oh god i no. legitimately i was wearing shorts and long crew socks <laughs> and i had the sun beating down horrifically hard um, on me for like eight hours a day for a week. Please tell me you got sunburn on your knees. I, no, I got sunburn on my calves and my shins. And I seriously, I looked like a native islander, <laughs> but only from the middle of my calf up to my knee. <laughs> and then I was stark fucking pasty white everywhere else. It was goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that you were in band. Yeah. No, I actually have band camp stories. Oh, man. Are yeah. they as good as the the other band camp stories that well, I, we get from American Pie? I haven't stuck any flutes in my pussy recently, but <laughs> but there was this one time at band camp oh, God. when Allison Hannigan was in this movie called American Pie where she said that she stuck a flute in her pussy. Yeah. For those of you not paying attention, Allison Hannigan plays Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm actually really sad that I had not watched Buffy before seeing American Pie. Yeah. Because the fact that Allison Hannigan played the character that she did in American Pie would have had a much better effect to me as a viewer had I seen her as Willow. Knowing her as Willow first would have definitely made that more interesting. I don't remember if I saw Buffy first or not. I don't think I did, though. No, because I, I saw American Pie way younger than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> for some reason, I saw a lot of things way younger than I should well, yeah, have. But like for some reason, my parents didn't want us playing D and D. But watching American Pie and Beavis and Butthead was fine. <laughs> oh my god, my mom hated Beavis and Butthead. She hated The Simpsons. My dad hated The Simpsons. Uh, he still hates The Simpsons. My mom didn't want me to watch Terminator 2 or Terminator 1 for that matter, but my dad <laughs> let me watch all of those things when I was visiting him. They were divorced, you see. Right. Okay, okay, we're getting off topic here. A little off topic. <laughs> I'm quite sure that a girl with the talents and abilities of Buffy will land on her feet. In fact, I noticed as I came in this morning that hot dog on a stick is hiring. You will look so cute in that hat. But yeah, Buffy doesn't want to go to private school. She's like, no. She, <laughs> that was one of my quotes of the day. She okay. said, she said, you know, homeschooling isn't just for scary religious people anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, religious people can be fucking and scary. Joyce is a fairly well-educated woman. She could handle that. I think. What do you mean? Homeschooling. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think Buffy needs any more interaction with Joyce than what she already has. For fuck's sake, Giles would probably be gung-ho to homeschool Buffy on Joyce's behalf. Oh, absolutely. Honestly, dude, at this point, what the fuck does she even need school for? You're the fucking slayer. Fuck off with the schooling. She doesn't need a fucking diploma. She's not going to get a normal people job. No. She doesn't need a normal people job. No. As long as she's alive, she has the Slayer powers. Correct me if I'm wrong. She'll be a fucking superhero the rest of her life. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't get fucking... I mean, school sucks in general, but it's extra stupid for the Slayer to be going to school. All it does, at least public school anyway, I don't know about private school, but it stunts your fucking creativity and teaches you to be sedentary and obedient. That's all school did for me. I think the reason why she initially is supposed to be in school is because that's the cover. But they have the perfect opportunity to adjust her cover so that she can be the Slayer full time. Yeah, what's she even fucking need cover for? At this point, like fucking every... They get in a fight later this episode talking about demons and shit in front of a house full of strangers. Right. Whatever. Anyway, where were we? Oh, uh, Buffy gets dropped off at the coffee shop that we've never seen before, but it looks like we're probably going to see it a, a little bit more. Yeah, they're changing it up a wee bit. And Willow just fucking stands her up. Right. Well, it, it was weird how they did this because Buffy gets out of the car. And she goes and sits on a bench, and she's looking around, and I'm like, well, what's happening? So she was supposed to meet Willow, and then they just cut to Buffy walking up to her doorstep, yeah. and now we meet this weird lady, Pat. I wanted her to be dead immediately. And immediately! Wow. <clears throat> Joss Whedon knows how to deliver on killing a character that I hate. Right? He really does. <laughs> yeah, we meet Pat, Joyce's new friend. They met in book club, you see. <laughs> just god already one of the most overbearing characters we've seen yet yeah it, he, they know how to cast people that are condescending in the nicey nice way the the best passive aggressive condescending ever yeah she's like i think you need to go spend some more time with your mother you two need to rebond you just fucking met her shut your fucking cake hole 
You don't say that to somebody you just met. Talk about over-fucking-stepping your goddamn bounds. Exactly. Like, okay, yeah, you've been friends with her mom for the summer. Ooh, a couple fucking months. Yabba dabba do. That doesn't give you grounds to start practically lecturing her daughter. Mm, yeah, basically. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, Buffy goes inside, finds out Willow called, saying that she got held up and couldn't make it. Yeah, I was, at this point, I was honestly starting to think that the mask had something to do with the way her friends were acting towards her. No, they're just, everyone's an asshole. Yeah, everyone's an asshole, but I thought it was like making everybody possessed or altering their behavior somehow. No, it didn't have anything to do with that. It was just raising the dead, but I'm sorry, spoilers. Joyce is still trying to help and wants to invite the entire Scooby gang to dinner. (laughs) Which... Also invasive. Oh, right. sp- speaking of that same girlfriend that I moved in with one oh, time, God. the nail in the coffin on that particular living situation was when she invited over all of my friends one night while we were in the middle of a fight, um, partially about that <laughs> stupid clown picture. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, that's... That I had never a, heard that story before. That that's is, fa- that's fascinating. Not a conversation for right now, though. No, that is a story I would like to hear off podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but that no, it is relevant to this though because yeah, you don't invite other people's friends over for a party without fucking consulting them first. You just don't. To be fair, it's a little different when it's a parent. Sure, maybe? Joyce is trying to help. The misstep she made is she invited them before confirming. Her intention is obviously good. We do get a funny little line because she's like, oh, Buffy, go get the company plates. The fuck are company plates, first off? The good china. You know, the, who, who calls them company plates? The shit that old people hoard, but you can never use it. Because it's too nice to use. Did your, did your family have company plates or, or the good <laughs> china? No. Mine either. My, well, okay, my mom didn't, but my dad and my stepmom did. Yeah. And my uh, grandparents, both sets of grandparents did. Well, of course your grandparents did. But yeah, she has I, to go... Like, be- I didn't grow up with that in my house, per se, right. but... I, I didn't grow up with it at all. I don't even know why I know the concept of the company plates or the good china or, or whatever. So we've given Buffy a reason to go into the garage. I don't know why the company the plates are in the garage. It was the basement. Oh, the basement? Yep. Was it? Okay. Buffy pulls something down and a dead cat falls on her. Yeah. Which is fun. A very, very dead cat. Pretty fucking dead cat. That kind of looks like Edgar, and it, it upset me ever so slightly. It looked a little too much like your cat. <laughs> and Church from Pet Cemetery. But yeah, they they bury the cat. A couple of things. One, Sarah Michelle Geller cannot use a shovel in a fashion that looks like she's super strong. <laughs> well, and also, they dug a hole that was like three inches deep. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's going to get dug up by the first dog that walks by. Yeah. I don't care if it's a damn three-legged chihuahua. It's going (laughs) to dig it up. Okay. But, and we'll get to this. I don't care if that dog doesn't have to. (laughs) I don't don't care if it's blind. (laughs) I don't care if it's my mom's dog. (laughs) 
it's it is kind of morbidly entertaining to sit in your living room and watch it run into shit. You were a bad person, Rex. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're friends. So so shallow grave for this strange cat. Yeah. But <laughs> Joyce Joyce even manages to be condescending here. I mean, it comes so naturally to her. <laughs> right. She's like, do you want to say something? And Buffy has the perfect response. Like what? Hey, thanks for stopping by and dying. <laughs> and Joyce says, oh, or how about goodbye, stray cat. Sorry you lost your way. Hope you find it or some shit like that. I'm like, way to make her feel bad. I will say, though. I appreciated that kind of sentiment. I also very much appreciate the sentiment of showing uh, a little bit of respect for dead animals, just like we do with people. Uh, absolutely. Like, I don't remember what show it was that I was watching. Maybe, maybe you'll remember and find this familiar, but there was a show where a girl was burying a hamster in her backyard and... Her friend was with her, and her friend was just like Buffy was in this situation. Like, what are we supposed to say to a dead hamster? She was like, you were a great pet. And I, that it got to me. It really got to me. I was I like... I don't... I don't... I wish I knew the show. Yeah. I don't know it. And I've... Ever from that point, I've made it a point that it... If I ever have to bury a pet, uh, for for starters, if I ever have to put an animal down, I make sh- damn sure that I am there with the animal while they're doing it. It doesn't matter how much it hurts me. It's fucking disgusting that people don't want to be there for their scared pet in its last moments. I've been there. I've done that. It hurts. It sucks. But it's better for the pet. It's not about you. Exactly. That is a living, breathing thing on its deathbed, and you should fucking be there for it. I completely agree with you. Now I'm getting all sad because I'm thinking about the day that... that, I know I got like 15 more years. He's he's only a year old, man. You got the rest of that cat's life. Stop thinking about Edgar. He's adorable and he's sleeping soundly. I get really choked up when it comes to pets. I, know, I don't man. give a shit about people. I know, man. I've lost <laughs> but... a, I've lost a lot of pets. I'm right there with you. So let's just keep going. So I was really, I was like, how did that, how did that cat die? Because it was like all extra bloody, and it was in yeah. the basement. What happened? I really thought we were about to find out. We never find out how no. that cat died. No. Uh, cuts to nighttime. We see Buffy sleeping in her bed. Is that who that... Yep. That was Buffy Buffy sleeping, right? Buffy goes to bed. Joyce is already in bed. The evil mask is being evil. Big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Whenever I say that, I'm specifically referencing that skit by those Canadians. Those fucking Canadians. The kids in the hall. Yeah, the kids in the hall. If you're a fan of kids in the hall, you know the one I mean. (laughs) Evil, evil liar. Dirty, dirty liar. Anyway. (laughs) Evil. (laughs) Well, actually, there's a nice little garden path, but beyond that, evil. (laughs) They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be a friend. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? But yeah, the mask is evil. It has glowing red eyes. And it zombifies the cat. Definitely brings the cat back to life. I have I have a qualm. Oh? 
It's a real cat digging itself out of the ground, for fuck's sake. They put a real cat under dirt. Peter probably would not have approved of this episode. Why did you do that to the cat? (laughs) (laughs) I was bothered. Uh, I mean, we should go back and check if they did that thing at the end of the episode where in the credits it says no animals were harmed. Look for that. No animals were harmed in the making of this because that's how you know if they had proper animal supervision on set. Well, and they had had to. They had had to. I would hope so. But then we cut to the school. Buffy's obviously dreaming because she's in the school. The school is empty and she runs into Angel. I didn't think it was obvious that she was dreaming because she was in school, but it became apparent that it was a dream very quickly because the school was very, very silent and empty. Yep. And we see the the and we see the two areas of the school that we always see. We see the hallway where we got in the previous episode that great fucking long shot. And then we see the promenade. And the promenade. Angel shows up and he's cryptic and creepy and weird. This clearly wasn't meant to really have anything to do with Angel. It was just kind of a way of shoehorning him into the episode. Um, hey, don't forget this character exists. Yeah. You know, imagine we're watching this as it's airing, we don't know if he's coming back as Angel. We saw Jenny come back just long enough to be an apparition created by Drew for for Giles, but she never actually comes back. They could have done the same thing with Angel here. Yeah. But they didn't. And then they gave him his all is his own entire fucking series. Just imagine if the spin-off had been called Jenny instead. That'd be weird. Yeah, that would have been boring. Sh- that would have been a shitty spin-off. <laughs> well, actually, no. Techno-pagan Jenny Calendar could have had some amazing adventures. Not as good as Angels. Not as good as Angels. But whatever. We'll get into that later. So the next morning, Joyce is still doing a pretty good job of fighting to get Buffy back in school. Yeah. and Because she, she was just on the, on the phone with the superintendent. She's and definitely being very responsible. Yeah. Absolutely. But we get another great insult for Snyder. Oh, yeah. I didn't write that down. She calls him a nasty little horrid bigoted rodent man. (laughs) And she's right. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't bond more over that, honestly, because that, that was a good one. Joyce and Buffy are discussing her situation. So Joyce is talking about... Well, I'm still trying to get you back into Sunnydale, but we also have this private girls school option. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> and and Buffy says, so now it's jackets, kilts, and no boys? Care to throw in a little foot binding? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Whatever. Uh, no, it is. It, it, I like that she is still worried about there not being boys in school, despite the fact that she obviously has no mind for dating boys. Right? <laughs> but what really upset me here um, was that Joyce says, Buffy, you made some bad choices. You might just have to live with some consequences. I'm sorry. What bad choices? She left for the summer. That had nothing to do with anything going on with the school. And before that, she was all reactionary for fuck's sake. Absolutely. No, Joyce does make a good point that because she's the slayer, there should be some sort of fucking privilege behind it. Some sort of accommodation. Yeah. And I... 
I agreed that, you know, Joyce is confused. She's like, why can't we just tell the police and Snyder that you're the Slayer and explain it to them? And I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? Well, because that would make for a boring show. That's why. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I at least appreciate the angle that Joyce is approaching this. Yeah. She's trying to make it work to the best of her ability. Yeah. And that's better than I really expected from her. I agree. So now we get this moment where Joyce... She opens the door. Joyce opens the door and Churchy Boy runs in. Zombie kid! Zombie kitty! So obviously Buffy and Joyce call Giles in to get the cat. Who because, sh- you know, weird shit. Yeah. Who shows up... Almost as quickly as if it's like he were just there on set with them. Right. Yeah. And uh, Buffy calls it the Hellmouth Petting Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> that is a petting zoo I don't want to go to. No, not really. <laughs> but this is when we learn that Buffy can't go with Giles to the school library because Buffy can't go on school grounds. Yeah, they really did a nice job of... Uh of establishing that naturally in the conversation yeah. flow. So Giles shows up, collects the cat. He notices the mask. Yeah. <laughs> and then establishes that Buffy's not allowed on school property. Nice and tidy. Cut to the library. <laughs> Fucking Oz. Oz is looking at the cat and like poking at the, the, the cage. And he's like, looks dead. Smells dead. Yet it's moving around. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I was I was trying to remember how he described that. So I felt like this scene was a lot of filler. It is, but Oz does want to name the dead cat Patches because he likes it. <laughs> and let also, me tell you. I also found that memorable. That is a great name for a dead cat. Yes, it is. It's also ironically would be a good name for your cat because he's all patchy. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite bit about this filler scene, though, is they're talking about the party. Cordy is like, I'm the dip. (laughs) There's this beautiful long pause and everyone's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did not even catch that. No one says it, but they all look at her in perfect agreeance. I mean, (laughs) why would that be the first thing you claim anyway? I, you know... If you want something easy, claim napkins or ice. Well, and she explains that she always brings the dip because it's it's add ingredients and stir. And that's yeah. the only cooking she has to do. And exactly. That's still more work than I would want to do for a party that I don't care about. I'm a cook, so I always I always bring something elaborate. Sure. So he says, what kind of party is it? Is it, is it a gathering? A shindig? Or hoot nanny, and Cordy asks him, "Well, what's the difference?" And he says, "Gathering is brie, mellow song styles. Shindig is dip." Gives a nod to Cordy. Less mellow song styling, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage, and the hoot nanny. Well, it's chock full of hoot and just a little bit of nanny. A little bit of nanny. <laughs> yeah. I what? So brie is cheese? It's a soft cheese. I didn't know that. It's a soft cheese that you can actually like scoop with a cracker, but it's not like nacho cheese soft. It is, in my opinion, an acquired taste. It's kind of a funky cheese. So there's no cheese at a Hootenanny, though. 
Um, no, not necessarily. Oz. No, only a tiny bit of nanny. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's cheese, I don't care what else happens. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hoot nanny? Well, gathering is brie, mellow song stylings, shindig dip, less mellow song stylings, perhaps a large amount of malt beverage, and hoot nanny. Chock full of hoot, just a little bit of nanny. Giles has the right idea here, and Giles is like, maybe we should just have a, a very calm sort of gathering. And everyone's like, no, fuck Bree. We don't want Bree. We want a hoot nanny. And so they all want to throw a hoot nanny, a big fucking party, which is the stupidest goddamn thing ever. Yeah. And it's- what the hell. I have two problems so with this. Decide to have Oz have his band play in Buffy's mom's house while Buffy's mom is there. And good God, why does Buffy's mom agree to this when it just kind of sort of happens all of a sudden? That's my first problem with it. Uh, my first problem with it is Joyce obviously lets this happen. Second, Joyce invited them for fuck's sake. They don't get to choose the party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And and third, Buffy is enough of their friend for them to understand that Buffy doesn't want to go to a fucking party where there's a bunch of people that obviously she doesn't fucking know. Yeah. She's not a particularly social fucking person. Well, I, I think they're all using it as an avoidance technique. I mean, obviously, but they're still dumb for it. Yeah. No, the whole thing, it... It stinks. It stinks like the cheese, damn it. <laughs> it does. So I, I vaguely enjoyed Xander's line here. I'll make it one of my quotes of the day just for fun, for just for shits and giggles. He says, so one vote from the old guy for a smelly cheese night. How many votes for actual fun, huh? And I'm just like, Xander, you are so lucky that Ripper has not gutted you yet. Right? <laughs> anyway, so Giles is like, all right, have he's it your way. He's flipping through the fucking book that he's reading and completely I- misses the mask. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> so, you expect me to believe that Giles skimmed past a whole fucking page absentmindedly? No, not my ripper. Bull fucking shit. Not my ripper. I call shenanigans. You know he's read every goddamn page of that fucking book. Goddamn right. That's bullshit. We cut to Buffy's house, and Buffy is setting up for a fucking gathering with Brie, goddammit. Yes, she is. <laughs> She's wearing a nice dress. They have the good company China out. There's fancy fucking silverware. Mm-hmm. They are ruining her gathering, for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, it's not the only thing they're ruining. <laughs> right? Why the fuck... Did Joyce invite somebody that is out of the loop and causes the fucking Scooby gang to not be able to talk about the real Buffy? So she could die later. So <laughs> so Pat shows up. I fucking love Buffy's reaction to meeting Pat again. Oh, and it's fucking amazing. Buffy makes the exact same face as that little girl from the meme. <laughs> Who's got that go fuck yourself look on her face. The what the fuck is wrong with you look. Right. And she's like, do you want to see my mom? And she's like, please, please. Mom! Like, 
as close to cutting her off as fucking possible. Was- the moment she gets the plit out of her mouth, yeah. she's like, Mom! <laughs> Hell, get this crazy woman away from me! Exactly. Oh my God. The whole bit with Pat is, like, she's super passive-aggressive. Yeah, and then Joyce comes running down the stairs, and her and Pat kiss. I'm like, what are we in fucking Italy? What is going on? And I couldn't tell, because the camera pans away immediately as they're doing it, so you can't tell if they kiss on the cheek or the lips. I mean... It, it had to have been the cheek. She kissed Buffy on the cheek like, earlier. I'm assuming it's the cheek, but it, you can't tell. It kind of looked like they were making out for a second. And, you know, good for them if that's the case. But, it's you know, I, I wasn't expecting that. It would make sense. Like, if that is the case, that would help us understand why the fuck Joyce invited her. Well, Joyce does have a type. I mean, Pat's not much better than Ted. <laughs> So. You're not wrong. <laughs> I know. And turns out to be the bad guy of the episode in a roundabout fashion. In a roundabout fashion, yeah. Then the hoot nanny commences. Hoot and a little bit nanny. Knock on the door. The band comes in and starts setting up. And all of a sudden, big full-blown fucking party that Joyce, for some reason, allows to fucking happen. Yeah. I well, call bullshit, man. I call... Lots of bullshit as well. But they they skim right over all of that, and I think we should too, frankly. Yeah. So Buffy's trying to tell Willow, you know, it's all loud in there, and she's trying to tell Willow that she wanted a small gathering, not a full-on house party, but Willow's busy ogling Oz. Yeah, and not quite outright ignoring Buffy, but I have a feeling that Willow could hear Buffy just fucking fine. Just enough. To use it as an excuse, but no, she was obviously putting shit off. And, you know, only moments later, Buffy's like, all right, over here where I know you can fucking hear me. Yeah. And she's like, all right, what the fuck's going on? Right after I took a note that said, what the fuck is going on? And Willow outright fucking lies. Outright lies. And that never comes up later. And that bothers me. Yeah. Now, everybody's ganging up on Buffy later, but nobody else did anything wrong. Oh, they, well, you know, they did, but that's not the point here because they didn't run, uh, just, we're not even there yet. We're not even there yet. We're not there. Willow's all like, oh, nothing's wrong. I didn't do nothing. Oh, we did a party for you because we're happy. Okay. Oh, and by the way, the mask is evil. Right. Throughout this entire fucking scene, we just cut to the back to the mask summoning zombies. <laughs> cut to an exterior scene where there's a cop and a cop car, and they're looking at a body on the sidewalk, because that's just commonplace. And the zombie gets up and walks away, and they don't show what happens after the zombie gets up and walks away. I'm assuming the police are going, oh, I guess he's fine, and then let him walk away. He must have been okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the police are deeply stupid. Exactly. In Sunnydale. Cut back to the party. Buffy is wandering around aimlessly and uncomfortable in the party and comes across Xander and Cordy really heavy-handedly making out. Yeah, they couldn't even... Like, they could barely stop kissing to say two fucking words to Buffy. Yeah, this is kind of part of the aloofness going on here that really had me suspecting that the mask had more to do with with Buffy's friends' reactions to her. But no, they're just assholes. And their whole fucking thing is like, 
it's a party. Are you having fun? You should be having fun. We're having fun. Everybody's having fun. We're just making out in your house and drinking. And we didn't even, like, you know, check to see that your mom was okay with that. But apparently she is because she's drinking schnapps. There's smoking and drinking in this house. And they're fucking high school students. And <laughs> I'm confused as to how Joyce let this happen. I Joyce is not the kind of parent to let this happen. I think a lot of those kids must have been college kids. They're all fucking high school kids. Well, They'd have to be. Willow and Xander and them, they don't fucking know college kids for fuck's sake. Oz does. You're right. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And okay. So yeah, it's a fucking group of people who know Oz's band. And we don't know how the fuck old the rest of the members of his band are. Exactly. God damn it. <laughs> You're welcome. Buffy. You made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. We get this little hint that apparently some people think that maybe Buffy had gotten out of rehab. Mm -hmm. It just really hammers in the fact that no one fucking there knows who the hell she even is. Yep, Evil Mask reminds us that it's evil. Yep. Oh, okay, Evil Mask, we fucking get it already. You're evil. We get it. We see a little scene at the hospital where some severely burned dude. The, ma- the gets, burn makeup on that dude was good, though. He gets the time of death called on him. Yes, the burn makeup was really good. Frankly, I wouldn't have wanted to have lived if I were him either. <laughs> right? <laughs> but so he wakes up and kills all the doctors and nurses, and that's neat. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't show it, but it was implied. They showed a reflection. Yeah. I'll, yeah, you could see a little bit of the reflection. And back to the party, and that's where we hear some dude say, heard this party was for some chick that just yep. got out of rehab. And then to the kitchen where Pat and Joyce are drinking some schnapps. And now Joyce is talking to Pat, expressing her concerns about the situation. Can we kill her yet? Not yet, but soon. I promise you soon. I want to kill Pat. Soon. I want to go stabby stabby. <laughs> Excuse she me. She deserves it. Excuse me. Is this your face? I want to introduce you to Knife. I see. I've played Knifey Spoonie before. This is how you play. That's not a spoon at all. It's a knife in your face. Pat. Anyway, <laughs> Joyce is expressing that the situation is not as good as she had hoped it would be because she says... The situation is almost worse now that Buffy is back. Sure. Well, and Buffy- I think the continuation of the phrase, though, would have been, in some ways, it's almost worse, but I'm glad to have her back. I think Buffy stepped in at just the right time to misinterpret what Joyce was saying. Exactly. I don't think Joyce meant it to be shitty at all. No. Joyce was talking about her own emotions. She meant her feeling of wanting to comfort Buffy was almost worse now that Buffy's home in a loving way. Right. She was not talking shit about Buffy at all, but that's what Buffy thought was happening. Also, a level of that, I think, is that she realizes that Buffy is the Slayer, and that puts Buffy on a tier that she can't touch. She can't make Buffy's life better. Buffy's no longer her little girl. She can't be the mom she was, and all of a sudden there's this huge, vast change in the dynamic that they have to have. And she's only just starting to grasp the concept of what it is to be the Slayer. Exactly. Absolutely. By the way, did you know that the mask is evil? 
What? Because the mask wants us to know that it's evil. Are Rex. you fucking kidding me? The mask is evil? Yeah, I mean... Uh, just when ask, did this happen? <laughs> I mean, the mask came out in 1994, so... That one was green, though. Yeah, I mean, this, this episode... And shimmery. Is, this one's not shimmery. This, epi- this one's glowy. This episode is still very much a reference <laughs> to... Or an homage to Pet Cemetery and the mask. <laughs> so, yeah, Buffy immediately overreacts and she is overreacting she goes upstairs and starts packing her shit uh-huh and then of course we cut back to the mask to call some more zombies cut back to buffy packing her shit and isn't this where we see the zombie horde starting to close in on the house yes yes yeah. and then we we cut to Giles finally finds the page that he randomly fucking skipped. The one fucking page in the book he skipped. Yeah, that zombie cat is pissed, first of all. Second of all, so Giles finds the page that he missed before that he just randomly was like, oh, what's that over there? Oh, I'm missing it. So I take this to mean that Giles has, at this point, he's read his way through the entire library and come back around to this book in a single day. Honestly, I would believe that Giles could do that. Yeah, because I refuse to believe that he's just been looking at this one book all fucking day. Or the mask is mentioned in multiple books. No, I... I think he reads through that whole library several times a week, personally. Right. So, Charles immediately calls the house where ruckus party is happening. The most dude bro who ever dude bro answers the phone. Yeah. (laughs) So, the guy's a douchebag, and he's like, buddy, who's buddy? Sorry, nobody here, Mr. Belvedere. Blah, 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 blah. And Giles, finally, like he should have in the first place, puts that shitty, shitty ass box of rusty shit bolts to work and drives as fast as he can like a fucking adult to get to the fucking party. Right. Or to the house where he should have been in the first place. So Willow finds Buffy packing. I'm kind of impressed that she made any effort whatsoever to find Buffy, first off. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, what, are you mo- Are you leaving now? What oh, the yeah. fuck? Now suddenly Willow wants to talk. Yeah. Well, as long as it's on her terms, I guess. Yeah, and she does lay out a good fucking amount of shit. Like, hey, I've been going through some shit and I haven't had my best friend here. Which, okay, yeah, Willow has a fucking valid point, but she has made no fucking effort to talk about anything before this point. Outside of briefly at Giles' house, where Giles is like, all right, now just calm down, everybody. But, yeah, nah, blah, blah. So then we cut back to Giles driving his car, and we have another fucking quote of the day. Yes. Are we going to fight over this? I think we might I'm going to let you read it solely because you'll read it in the Giles voice. Excellent. So he's he's driving his shit bucket. Quite possibly, I think, the funniest Giles moment. <laughs> the look on his face is amazing. The funniest Giles moment to date. Super frustrated. He's like, do you like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. Americans. <laughs> Just muttering under his breath while he's driving. Yep. The, like, angry grin he has. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. And then, a la Shaun of the Dead, he hits a zombie, but he thinks it's a real person. Yep. But it's a zombie, and zombies are fucking everywhere. And he gets out, and he notices that the body is a zombie, and then suddenly he notices there's a 
several zombies walking towards him. One might say there's a horde of zombies. Yes, there was, in fact. And one of them was very flappy-armed. I was like, and that's how I know that this scene was rushed, because somebody said, okay, be zombies, but didn't say how to be zombies. Right. Yeah. Then we cut back to Buffy's room where Joyce discovers that Buffy is packing Mm -hmm. and proceeds to freak the fuck out. She just assumes that Buffy having a bag partially packed on her bed means that she's leaving again. And okay, she's right, but... Way to ignore that your daughter is visibly upset. Extremely upset, to the point of wanting to leave again. And, like, how how do you look at Buffy in this scene and not see, wow, this girl is about to be hysterically crying? Yeah. So, yeah, sh- the, the fight from Buffy's room with Joyce moves downstairs... And this is when we get the fucking argument in front of the fucking entire party of people. If we needed any more evidence, as if we didn't have enough, that Joyce is a true blue clinical narcissist, this is it. She picks a fight with Buffy about very private shit in front of everybody at Buffy's Welcome home party. I would have forgiven her if at any moment in this entire argument, she had said, all right, party's over. Everyone get the fuck out. Sure. But no. I can't imagine a parent not saying get the fuck out before this. She should have said it long before that anyway. She never should have let those people in to begin with. I, I can see how she'd be like, well, okay, it's for Buffy. But at this point, absolutely but no, she fucking revels in the audience. She loves having this audience. Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. So they have the they have this argument, and Xander steps in really beaten down on Buffy as well. And Oh, Xander's just like, oh, it's it's time for us to gang up on Buffy? I'm in. I can't wait to join this dog pile. Yeah. I've been wanting to join this dog pile all fucking episode. His line is, can't just bury stuff, Buffy. It'll come right back up and get you. Just as we cut back to some fucking zombies. I thought the more condescending part of that line was... Yeah, and you see how well that worked out. Because she was saying that she needed to work through some shit on her own. Yeah. I get, to an extent, where Willow is coming from. Willow has been upset that her best friend disappeared on her. Yeah. That is a valid fucking reason to be upset. Xander even has a certain amount of valid reason to be upset that Buffy disappeared. Buffy's point towards Joyce, though, is supremely valid because she even says to Joyce, you told me if I left not to fucking come back. Fuck you. And then Joyce tries to counter that with, oh, but you didn't give me enough time. No, shut the fuck up. You're the adult. Bull fucking shit, Joyce. Bull fucking shit. Pure 100% bullshit. 
everyone in this fucking group that isn't a fucking spectator, mind you, understands that she is the Slayer and understand that she stopped the world from ending and understands that something fucking happened. Mm -hmm. They know for a fact that A, they gave Angel his soul back. Yep. They know for a fact that B, Angel is gone. Yeah. They know for a fact that C, Buffy stopped the world from ending. How from A, B, and C do you not get Buffy killed Angel after he got his soul? And then Xander is such a fucking prick. He's like, well, yeah, it's not my fault that your honey was a demon. Fuck you, Xander. Absolutely. No, Xander can truly go fuck himself. This whole fucking scene just angers me beyond belief. It's like, you guys have fucking pinned so much importance on Buffy and the person that she is. And yet, the moment where she can't fucking stand up and carry the burden that is you, you fucking beat her down. Yeah. Bullshit. Kind of an emotionally abusive circle that she has here. It really is. At least between Xander and Joyce, anyway. Giles and Willow are fine, for the most part. Giles definitely is fine. Willow is nowhere near as bad as Joyce and Xander. So, from this, we cut back to Giles, and he realizes dude's a zombie. He he manages to get back in his car. He realizes as soon as he's gotten into his car that he doesn't have his fucking keys, and he sees the keys out side on the ground and he's like good show giles yeah (laughs) but luckily he's ripper and he knows how to hotwire a fucking car and his line as soon as he does he's like like riding a bloody bicycle exactly (laughs) so back to the party and you know the fight commences we get more of the fight and then zombies break in yeah so yeah i'm done with that fucking fight so uh, Beautifully transitioned by Willow saying, well, none of this is working out, so let's try some violence. Zombies bust in through the windows. She's like, oh, I didn't mean really. Well, maybe you should watch what you fucking say, Willow. Uh, And you know what? Violence ensuing is exactly what this fucking situation needs. Oh, my God. I was so relieved. I was like, oh, thank you. Joyce is like, are they vampires? And... Buffy stakes one of them and it doesn't die. And he's like, nope, not vampires. <laughs> nope, free not. <laughs> so big ridiculous sequence of people cluster fucking around with some zombies. So Willow, Xander, Buffy, and Joyce end up in Joyce's bedroom upstairs. Oz and Cordelia end up in a closet downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um... Willow, Xander, Buffy, and Joyce grab Pam, who was attacked by some zombies and found lying in the hall. Turns out she's dead. Oh, no! Not Pam! And we all can't be happier. Pam's dead. Yeah. But but Pam was Pam, and we met her this episode. It's Pat. And I... I, Pat Pat was Pat. (laughs) What will we do without her condescending over buddiness over over, you know, that (laughs) what she contributed, man? Sure. Pat contributed and now she's dead. They find they they discover that Pat is dead. And then we cut to 
Cordy and Oz in the closet and they're like, oh, it seems like the coast is clear. They open the door. There's no zombies downstairs for some reason. And then they run into Giles. Oh, that's nice. Well, I guess they're all trying to break into Buffy's room. And Giles mentions that, oh, they're after the mask because if one of them puts the mask on, they become a demon zombie god. And that's problematic at best. Yes, very problematic. Yeah. So Pat gets up because, you know, the mask brought her, you know, back to zombiehood. And Joyce is like, oh, thank God we thought you were dead. And thankfully, she's still dead. Um, I liked that slip because you said back to zombiehood, implying that she was a zombie in the first place. And yes, I uh, agree. I mean, she wasn't much better. <laughs> so, but she puts the mask on. And she becomes a zombie god. Buffy fights Pat. They wind up in the yard. I do want to say, though, that Buffy defenestrates herself and Pat. Oh, yeah, you're right. So Giles and Cordy are fighting off a rando zombie in the stairwell with... A, a thing, what do you call that? A skiing... A ski pole. A ski pole. I guess. Giles is trying to yell instructions to Buffy. I don't think she can hear him at all. No. But he's like, you you have to stab her in the eyes. And then she does. And she's got a ridiculous line when she does it. <laughs> I wrote it down. Did you write it down? I didn't write it down, but I remember it. She says, hey, Pat. Pat looks right in the face with the shovel. Made you look... It's such a good one-liner, man. And we man. get that fun visual gag where she stabs off screen, lets go, and the shovel hangs there. Yes. Just like with the pool cue in the in the second episode. And that's that. And then all the zombies disappear. And I want to point out here, it's interesting to me that, again, the circumstances is all the bodies are gone. How kind of it that the supernatural world cleans up after itself to such a degree? Very kind. Thank you, supernatural world. (laughs) I'm dating. I'm having serious dating with a werewolf. And I'm studying witchcraft and, and killing vampires. It's like a drug. And then we get one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode. Oh, yeah. This this is satisfying. So we're in the principal's office, and Giles walks in. Giles is bound and determined to get Buffy back in school. So basically, Giles is like, I'd, I'd like to have a word with you. And Snyder's like, if that word is Buffy, then go fuck yourself. And Giles is like, I, uh, I well, I think I'll take this to the Supreme Court or something, and I'm not convinced. Basically, the best part of this scene, Giles shoves Snyder against the wall, and he's like, would you like me to convince you? And the smile on his face is the smile of a man who is about ready to do grievous bodily harm. (laughs) Grievous bodily harm. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. That's my ripper. I love any moment we get to see Ripper. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. Ripper. Like, I love Giles, but Ripper is one of my all-time favorite characters. Oh, absolutely. And then we cut to the wrap-up at the coffee shop. The same coffee shop that Willow stood up Buffy at. And Willow is telling Buffy about all her witchcraft w- mumbo-jumbo brouhaha-ness. Yeah, and I like that they were establishing here a little bit of where they intend to take Willow's character from here on out. Yeah, 
I really liked that. And I liked that they show her interest in witchcraft is not just basic and and shallow. Yeah. Like she's definitely going whole hog into it. The part about this scene that really bothers me, though, is Buffy still has not told anybody what happened with Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we get a little bit of resolution on, you know, the issues that Willow brought up earlier in Buffy's bedroom about, you know, she's mad that she didn't have anybody to talk to about all the shit that was going on in her life. But, you know, she's she's like, but, you know, you're going through a lot of shit as the Slayer. I guess I'll make an allowance for that. And I'm like, shut up and stop making this about you, Willow. Right? Because, yeah, <laughs> Buffy had to kill her boyfriend. How much do you think she wants to talk to you about how happy you are with your boyfriend right now? More importantly, didn't just have to kill her boyfriend. Had to see him come back from being an evil bastard and then make the conscious choice to, Hey, I love you. You're back. Good to see you're back, Angel. Now fucking die. Yeah, your blood just happens to be the key to saving the universe right now. So there it is. So it's, it's it's a nice little moment that they have. They wrap it up calling each other a bunch of ridiculous names. Yep. Sounds a little like our friendship. Yeah. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here. How did you feel about this episode, Rex? I did not like it. Not even a little bit. Really? Not even a little bit? Most of the issue with this episode could be very easily, quickly resolved just by having one fucking conversation. Yeah. It definitely seems like fabricated plot complication. And other than that, zombies are boring. (laughs) Yeah, because nobody's really that bad at communicating. Okay, some people are that bad at communicating, but I find it difficult to believe that this group of people is that bad at communicating. Especially because they've been close, good friends through some bullshit for two fucking years and they're smart fucking people yeah yeah there's there's no excuse for any of this joyce is a fucking art curator the only person in this cast who has an excuse for being as stupid and trashy as he is is xander why would giles not fucking say hey you dumbasses obviously buffy he understands well notice how Giles wasn't there for that fighter. He would have shut some shit down. Oh yeah. He would have told he would have put Joyce and Xander in their fucking place. And I think he's got a bone to pick with Joyce coming up. Yeah. And if he doesn't, he fucking should. Yeah. For the way but- that she blamed him for Buffy leaving. Exactly. And then the way she fucking responds to Buffy coming back for fuck's sake. Yeah. So what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day is the one that Giles says when he's in the car and he's driving to the party. Do you like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. Americans. I almost picked this one, but I knew you were going to pick this one, so I did not pick this one. Cool. It's such a good line, and his facial expression (laughs) is just so fucking priceless. He's just so fed up with these people's shit. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, mine, I'm giving to Oz again, big fucking surprise. Okay. Is his whole diatribe about the difference between a gathering, a shindig, and a hoot nanny. Okay. A gathering is Brie. Mellow song stylings. Shindig is dip. Less mellow song stylings. Perhaps a large amount of malt beverage. And a hoot nanny. Well, it's chock full of hoot. And just a little bit of nanny. A little bit of nanny. Okay. But that's just useful information. It is. Absolutely. I, you know, I think we need a close runner-up shout-out to uh, Giles saying, Would you like me to convince you? Yes. Because... That is the number one honorable mention, because thank God I love Ripper. Because I almost chose that, but the one in the car was just... I, I will always choose funny over serious. Right. Because I just, I like funny things. Anyway. The would you like me to convince you is as good of a line as it is solely based on his facial expression and the smile he gives. Because that smile is what sells it. You're not wrong. That definitely helped. This has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. You can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783 if you feel like it. If you feel like supporting us financially, we have a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash beerwithbuffy. As always, thank you to Benjamin Alexander for our opening and closing music and Reggie Page for our transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Nanny! done why are we watching this <laughs>